Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Perfect holiday gift. Go check out Omaha Steaks. I am with John Williams today. It is a crossover. He is of Locked On Sooners. I am of Locked On uh, Big 12 and Locked On. Did I say Locked On Nationals to start the show? I, I yeah. said Big 12, right? Yeah, okay, good. Big 12. It is, look, I'm all over the place right now. It is a busy, busy time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure what show I'm on. There's Coach Manny Diaz just got fired. But we're here to talk about Oklahoma hiring Brent Venables. So I'm going to hit the video, John, and then we'll get to it. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, that is uh, John Williams of Locked On Sooners. I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. Uh, we are discussing today the hiring of Brent Venables to Oklahoma. And John, after much consternation and discussion, it seemed like he was the guy. And then he was recruiting last week for Clemson, so there's some discussion. Maybe he's not the guy. Uh, and then last night, you know, there was a plane from, I think it was what, Greenville, South Carolina, Mm-hmm. to Norman, Oklahoma, and it was basically a done deal at that point. Um, how are you feeling now the Sooners have their man, Brent Venables? Feeling pretty great. I mean, if you saw any of the footage from the airport in Norman last night, uh, Sooners Nation is as ecstatic as I am. This is a guy that's got a long history with the Oklahoma Sooners. He's a Bob Stoops guy. Bob brought him from Kansas State to Norman uh, on their original you know, stop, and He's just, he's an energetic personality. He's a guy that's going to bring a ton of kind of fire and fight back to this Oklahoma program. Uh, For all the things that Lincoln Riley did great, there were times where this team just never seemed to have the the right energy in a game. Uh, It doesn't appear like that's going to be an issue. Like Lincoln Riley is kind of the the soft-spoken, very monotone, you know, didn't, he's not as bad as Dave Aranda, but he kind of approached that level of things. Whereas Brent Venables, man, he's, there's a lot of uh, comparisons going on right now between him and Porter Mosier, the, the college mm. men's basketball coach, who they just both seem to have a ton of energy, a ton of personality. And, and I, I think it's, it's, it's refreshing a little bit and it's exciting. Uh, obviously, they got to go out there and, and perform on the football field, but I don't think there are any doubts that this team will be able to put together a really, really strong defense. And offense has not really been the issue for Oklahoma for much of the last 20 years. So this is a team that should be able to get back into contention next year. Yeah, I think people might frame this as, well, you had an offensive coach. And it, I mean, let's be honest, it worked, right? To a yeah. certain extent, it worked. Yeah. And then, you know, we always hear this all the time. You went offense last time, you go defense next time, right? Right. I don't think that's what this is. No. I think you could argue, yes, part of, it, part of Oklahoma's problem when it comes to that top level, right, is their defense hasn't been good enough. Right. That is that's been the criticism. And it's fair at times to me, though. And I mentioned this already, but to me, I think the biggest advantage of bringing in a Brent Venables is that, number one, you know, he's going to stay. Right. He's been three places in his coaching career. Right. Kansas State, Oklahoma, Clemson. Now back to Oklahoma. Still only three places. Right. Yeah. And that's over base. It's basically a 30 year career, too, which we know as as not even as a head coach, as an assistant that's pretty remarkable. I mean, like the only other person I think off the top of my head is like Bud Foster, you know, at Virginia Tech. Yeah. I mean, at that kind of level of, and, and he's turned down other jobs too. So 
I like that, right? This seems like the guy who's going to lead you to the SEC. We know he's going to be there for a while. And to that vein, also, the recruiting part of it is exciting for Oklahoma because as they transition to the SEC, that is a challenge. But they've now gotten a coach who, at Clemson, was really well-known for his recruiting, and he was poaching guys that SEC schools wanted, right? Look at the Mm -hmm. classes that Clemson's had. Look at the caliber of player, especially on that defensive side, right? I mean – they could list all the kinds of all the guys from Clemson, and I mean offensive too. But you know he he's going to be recruiting the defensive guys. Um, all the guys that they put in the NFL and and currently on their team, you know they have one of the best defensive lines in the entire country. Um, and he went up against SEC teams for guys, and he won some of those recruiting battles. Mm-hmm. That to me is the most important element because when I look at Oklahoma on the field, we talked about this a bunch. That disconnect between them and LSU and Alabama and Georgia. And I mean, it's a disconnect for everybody, right? This is not an exclusive Oklahoma issue is the fact that as great as Lincoln Riley is, as much as we love Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield on defense, they don't have the same caliber of player on that side of the ball as those top, top programs. This is the one thing that I think could help them level the playing field. In addition to go, so you're going to the SEC. Great. What do you need, though, as an SEC team to recruit those big guys? Well, how about a guy that's done it before, that's coached up a bunch of NFL players, that knows how to win those battles? Yeah, absolutely. Even if he didn't have the Oklahoma connection, he makes a ton of sense because, like you said, he, he, he's he gone up against the SEC in recruiting. He's gone up against the SEC in the national title games in the college football playoffs, and they've come out victorious. Like we've, We talked a lot about you know, Bob Stoops this week being a guy that wasn't afraid to challenge the SEC, at least in the media, you know, and and maybe he would be the right guy to to bring back and, and lead this team. Well, they found a guy who's also not afraid to challenge the SEC, and that's going to be huge. You know, there for whatever, you know, we, we have a lot of things to say about Lincoln Riley, whether he was afraid to go to the SEC or not. Right. Brent Venables has no reason to be afraid of the SEC. He's ready to rock. Like this is a Clemson team that went in, and now they had great offenses at the same time, but a lot of what made them successful was the great defenses. You know, uh, Brent Venables has eight first-round picks during his tenure at Clemson. Oklahoma had just one first-round pick in the same time frame. That's a big, big difference in the talent that Brent Venables was able to bring to Clemson versus what Oklahoma was able to get in Norman. And if you look at it, like Brent Venables' tenure as the defensive coordinator in Norman, it wasn't bad. It was really, really good. The only thing that made him leave was that they decided to bring Mike Stoops back and mm-hmm. do this whole co-defensive coordinator thing again. He's like, why would I want to do that? I'm, I'm a defensive coordinator. I am the guy. We're having a lot of success. Why would we change it up? And it's not that he left with a lot of like, uh, he, you know, hard feelings or anything like that. He's just like, I'm, I'm just going to – I'm not going to do that. Right. But you could see if you just look at the efficiency ratings and the, the team rankings, the defense just dropped off after that, and it never really recovered. And as good as Alex Grinch can be and was at times – it still never really got to the same levels that Brent Venables had, even in his worst years at Oklahoma. And so you look at the reaction that he's been receiving at the airport on social media, and this was just a home run hire for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm not much of the the grading hire thing. I think Danny Canal always makes a good point. He gives every hire a C plus because we have no <laughs> idea what's what's actually going right, to happen. Right, and right. that's and and to me, the performance part of it, like I. I think Oklahoma fans, the, the hope is that he does well because yeah. I think that recruiting part's the edge. Because 
you know, I could see a situation where he's a first-time head coach and there is a little – I mean, Dave Aranda, his team's 11-2 and two, and they were 2-7 and seven last year, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we're going to see any 2-7s and sevens at Oklahoma. It's not what I'm saying. But, like, if they by chance tossed a 7-5 and five out there in his first year, right? Not good, but this is one of those things where, you know, the timeline to me becomes curious, right? Does If you're an Oklahoma fan and John is an Oklahoma fan, so I've covered his team, like, do you want to go to the Southeastern Conference right now? I feel like now I know you make more money if you went next year or the year after as opposed to 2025. I'm an OU fan. I kind of want to let this thing, let him get his feet under him a little bit before we go over to the SEC. I think that might be the best thing for them. Although there would be a, you know, shortage, I guess you could say financially from what you'd make in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, I think whether it's next year or it's three years from now, you're going to run into the same problem. You're going to have an Mm -hmm. adjustment period that, that takes place because the level of competition steps up at the same time you're really only talking about that top tier of teams that Oklahoma will be contending with the Alabama's the LSU's Florida to a little bit of a lesser extent, Georgia is up in that upper tier. And so that's the, those are the caliber of teams that Oklahoma is going to be competing and contending with. Now they're not ready to contend with Alabama or Georgia, right? but I think they're in that next tier of sec teams. You know, they can, they can compete with a Florida and LSU. And so just depending on scheduling, I mean, you could still theoretically be right there in the sec title hunt if you go next year, now a lot of that's going to depend on whether or not they do retain Caleb Williams. That's going to be huge because if they don't, then you're looking right now, your starting quarterback's probably Micah Bowens, who was a Penn State guy transferred to Oklahoma, maybe a Ralph Rucker or Ben Harris, or you're just hoping to They'll snag hit the somebody pool, in the transfer right? portal. And, I mean, yeah, and they, yeah, there's so many guys available right now. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, if, if this were going to be the case, I'd be all about Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. Mm. That's just a side note. But uh, just because he's a, a grinder, man, he's a competitive guy. But, um, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. To me, like, so much of it is just going to be – there's going to be an adjustment period, whether it's now, whether it's next year. You're already going to be losing a ton of guys potentially on your defensive line. And so it it really doesn't make a difference whether it's this year or next year because you're going to go through some of the same issues. You know, the competition level is higher. But you got to get in there and you got to start competing. I mean, right. there's, there's no reason to wait. If, if you're ready to go, if, if all the financial things and the contracts work themselves out, just make that jump and, and do it. Now, I say that knowing that I'll be losing the relationships I have here with Locked On Big 12, and that mm-hmm. is sad. So hopefully they, they kind of put it off a year or two, but uh, I can understand. We'll still have you. We'll still have you, John. You can still, yeah. you can still come and give your, 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 you know, your thoughts on the Big 12 if anything is, is burning on your mind. Right. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things you just said there. First quick word, though, from our sponsors. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Boost Mobile. You switch to Boost Mobile right now, and it will save you a lot of money because Boost Mobile gives you the power of free 5G right now. That's right. You can get a free 5G phone right now, and also the power of three unlimited data lines for just 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all of that brain power as well. Switch to Boost Mobile today and find out how much you can save you get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks more power to save boost mobile free phone limited to uh, one per new customer per line additional restrictions apply offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks see boost mobile for more details also today's show is brought to you by our friends at prize picks it's the best place to play daily fantasy 
or college football. If you want overs, if you took the over on Spencer Sanders interceptions last week, you would have made some money. They have that uh, over unders for interceptions, for touchdowns, for things like that. So you can go find that today on uh, Prize Picks. Download it in most states. Use that promo code Locked On. It's L O C K E D O N Locked On for a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Uh, all right. John, so a couple things on what you said. I'm just wondering about the adjustment, because there's going to be adjustment, obviously, for Oklahoma, but maybe the adjustment for him is the head coach part of it. Yeah. Um, Because what's going to be odd here, and we'll get into this now, I guess, the coordinator hire on offense is going to matter, but because, like, Jeff Levy has been the one talked about, right? Mm -hmm. And Joe Brady is now available as well. So – you think about hiring one of those guys. The thing is, if you hire somebody like that, you're going to be making another hire in probably one to two years. I know that's how a lot of coordinators work. Yeah. But at a place like OU, if you get a if you get one of those guys, and I, I think Levy's got further enough from Baylor now, where this because this, the stink is on those guys. I mean, I think mm-hmm. if Kendall Bryles isn't associated with Baylor, he's still a head coach. Excuse me, he's probably a head coach now, right? As opposed right. to offense coordinator everywhere. Um, Jeff Levy, somebody I think is, his name kind of came up for jobs, but I think you know a little bit more seasoning, and we'll, and we'll see what happens there. And then also Joe Brady. I mean, um, you know, I think there's some questions now about how how good of a you know how how much he had to come into play with the LSU team. You know, was it just the red zone? How much was that? Things didn't work out with the Panthers, whatever. But. You know, th- that's a part- timing part of it, too. Now, you can't look at it like, hey, I'm thinking about a coordinator hire in relation to when we go to the SEC. But that's one of those things that crosses my mind. I mean, they're going to have to make a, uh, multiple coordinator hires that kind of coincide with their transition. Yeah, it's true. And it's going to create a little bit of a, a question as far as this Oklahoma offense is concerned. But um, it, it's it's hard. I think coordinator hires are always difficult. I mean, you want to find the best guy uh, to lead your team, but at the same time realizing that, in two years, you're probably going to, you might be replacing that guy. Now, the good news is you're not going to have to worry about that on the defensive side of the ball for a long time. I mean, even if you do lose your defensive coordinator, you still got Brent Venables that's going to be there helping to, to design and call the plays more than likely. Uh, now, it, it could be that he's going to be handing that those play calling duties off to somebody else. But on the offensive right. side of the football, I think, you know, Levy makes a lot of sense. The Baylor thing is a, is a bit of a question mark, but there's a lot of trust that's been given to Joseph Haraz, the president, and Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, that if they feel comfortable with the guy, then then Oklahoma fans should feel comfortable with it too. It's going to feel weird, and I'm sure that there will be some, some kind of, I don't know, process where we go through that and we're like, well, we have to kind of deal with this now, but – um, there's a lot of trust in those guys. Joe Brady makes a lot of sense. Now he, he was heavy into Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams right. looked to be going to LSU uh, until Brady left for the NFL. And that's when kind of Lincoln Riley swooped in and was able to, to really make his full throated through full throated pitch. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't want them to make a make a coordinator hire simply before Caleb Williams. I, I think it'd be right. a mistake to put one player kind of above the what's best for your program. However, if they see that Joe Brady is the best thing for this program, then by all means go for it. I do think, you know, you look at what happened to LSU and I think it's a, it was just a combination of factors. Like they had so many great players on that LSU team from Joe Burrow to Clyde Edwards, Hilaire to Jamar Chase, T Higgins. Like it was just a great collection of players at the same time. You don't reach historical levels 
unless you have a really good play caller as well. And so I think while, while a lot of it can be credited to the talent level that they had, I think you got to give Joe Brady his due as well. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to look at what happened in Carolina and just solely place everything on the offensive coordinator, Sam Darnold. He's an okay, you know, quarterback. He's not, he's not reached even like good levels in the NFL yet. Cam Newton being brought in completely changes your offense. And McCaffrey's uh, never been he's never been healthy either. And he's never been healthy either. And I mean, obviously the you know co- coaches have to overcome those things. Right. At the same time, like what he was working with wasn't really even good. I don't yeah. I, you can't even call any of the, the offensive talents except for like DJ Moore a good player for Carolina. And so it's understandable why things haven't worked out there offensively. Um, and so I'm willing to give him a chance, understanding that maybe in a couple of years he's off to another Head, you know, off to another offensive coordinator job or a head coaching job. Um, it'll be, it'll remain to be seen, but there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great offensive coordinators in college oh, yeah. football. And that's the really fun thing about it. It's like, if you lose this guy, then, Hey, there's another guy that has a lot of success at my, maybe a lower level team, um, you know, a group of five team that you can bring in and, and, and help lead the way. Yeah. I mean, do you, you know, do you take a run of the guy like a Warren Ruggiero from Wake Forest, you know, like, yeah. I know it's a little bit of a different offensive philosophy, but you know, Stuff like that is out there. I will I will say this. So to your point of picking a coordinator for Caleb Williams, like you don't do it for one player. But I would say picking a coordinator to, to show top-level quarterbacks like Caleb Williams that just because Lincoln Riley is gone does yeah. not mean that Oklahoma is a less desirable place to play quarterback, if that makes sense, right? 100%. So you're not you're not picking for Caleb, but you're picking for guys like like Caleb. Right. Um, and, you know, I think Levy's an interesting case because he ran an offense for – and called the plays this year for Matt Corral, right? And that was – I thought their offensive play calling this year was super interesting. Um, did not like it at times, and I loved it at times. Uh, Tennessee game, ran Matt Corral – and episode was – Hit Matt Corral doing it, but like ran away too much, right? Yeah. Is that something that you want sometimes with, with your quarterback always? Um, and also, I thought they did more with less than they've had in the past. A lot mm-hmm. of injured, uh, injured receivers and whatnot. So it's kind of it's been interesting. I, I like the way that he worked through some of those problems for Ole Miss this year and got him. I mean, Ole Miss ten win season regular season. Yeah, doesn't happen. And, and that offense, you know, there was there was no AJ Brown, right? There there right. was uh, you know there was no DK Metcalf. Uh, Dontario Drummond's awesome, but they, they didn't have the normal. And Elijah Moore's. They didn't have those those kinds of guys this year, and they're still really effective offense. That that's where I'd look first, and obviously that was what the report was. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's curious. One more one more other thing I do want to touch on. Porter Mosier's shown it. I, I'm sure you saw the video the other night of him getting psyched mm-hmm. up with the fans. Yeah. Um, the vibe around Oklahoma football from our perspective is about to change, and you know this covering the team. I work for the Big 12 uh, at, for Sirius uh, through their channel. work with Gay Biker, Chris Plank, um, who, who all, and Holly Rowe obviously works at Oklahoma sometimes and they go to games. Really buttoned up to a fault, to, mm-hmm. to a fault under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. That's going to change. Um, I don't know how much Brent is like, is like Dabo, but th- he seems very, um, he's very boisterous. He's very happy. He's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a change that uh, that's 
that's going to be for the better. And I expect this to happen unless, you know, it could not, but I expect things to open up a bit more. And that's good for your program when people are writing, you know, all you have to do is just be likable as a coach and people are going to write good stories about you. You know, yeah. Brent Venables doesn't have to coach a game and people will be writing stories, you know, this is the guy, he's brought the energy, the juice. And look, that stuff might be fake, but it's, but it's good. It's good. Right. You know, the, right. The, being O and O and having stories about how much energy in the defense and, you know, about, you know, they're singing in practice and they get to pick the music in practice, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you see, I mean, I, I forget the guy's name who holds him back on the sideline, but I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Oh, yeah. and there's a guy who is like holding him back always, yeah. you know, that's the kind of energy we're going to see. And right. I, it's not always positive, but Matt Campbell does it too. And look, we love Matt Campbell. So yep. I, I think that vibe from the media perspective is going to change and that's going to help Oklahoma's image. And I think that's important as they go uh, the SEC. And I, I think it's just important in general because you know, we're in this weird time in college football where I, I think when Lincoln Riley left, I, I think a lot of Oklahoma fans were asking themselves, where do we sit as a job, right? Mm-hmm. What what do we – what is the public perception? Was this job elevated, elevated by Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops and you know, the quality of it? And things like public perception are really important. So that's one thing I think uh, is going to be interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's, – it's a good hire from a personality standpoint. I think it does bring a little bit more, like you said, juice to just the, I don't know, the out front uh, perception of Oklahoma football. You know, Lincoln Riley, like you said, was buttoned up. You know, he just, I don't know, he just didn't display a lot of personality at times. And, you know, there were times. And did not do interviews. No, didn't do a lot of interviews. He closed practices a lot of times. Like even for the scrimmage that they had in August, no media was allowed. There were no players to talk to afterward. It was very like, I don't know, just barely shut down, just never really gave media people a big vibe. Now that's the coach's prerogative at the same time. Right. It's not going to, you know, do you any favors in the eyes of the media. I, I don't also know. An what... Ambassador for the school and the program. Yeah. And yeah. that part of it too is important. And I don't think he, he's ever leading. I mean, he's done more interviews in the last like week than he's done. It feels like his entire career in Oklahoma, doesn't it? It does. I mean, he's definitely trying to get out front there at yeah. USC. At the same time, he's got a, an LA media market that wants to throw flowers at his feet um, right. for, for coming to USC. Um, you know, things are, things are a little more critical in, in Norman. You know, people are willing to like, they, they'll heap praise on you when things are going well. When they're not, they're going to criticize you. And uh, I don't know if that played any part in it. He didn't, he didn't like the critiques, even when they were winning games, um, you know, by big, you know, if they were winning games by you know narrow margins, mm-hmm. he got a little bit frustrated with some of the questions about those things. But um, yeah, just never, never really a guy that was one to kind of go out of his way to build those relationships with the media or like, um, you know, like help the media get to know him better. Uh, never really right. seemed like somebody who was trying to like embrace the you know the local. I was I was in a Twitter Spaces with some guys that you know have covered the team over the last couple of years, and that's one of the things they talked about is like. You know, they they never had like a private communication with Lincoln Riley, whereas mm-hmm. like under Bob Stoops and you know in the previous years they were able to like chat with him like via right. text or, or a phone call or whatever. But that wasn't the case with Lincoln Riley, and so I, it, it just maybe it's he was an outsider. You know, he just kind of came in. He wasn't an Oklahoma guy. Came in from East Carolina, not really a Bob Stoops guy either. And not every coach has to be a Bob Stoops guy or a Barry Switzer guy, but you know, somebody that is going to fit the kind of the personality a little bit better. You know, Bob Stoops, like 
I mean, he's he's a very he's got a strong personality. Like he's a both, character. He yeah. is. He's and it's great and it's worked so well for him. And that's what so many people love about him. And I think that's what Brent Venables brings back to the program is somebody who has a personality that is going to shine a really positive light on the university. And it's mm-hmm. going to be very pro Oklahoma going forward. I mean, we saw right. in some of his comments last night at the airport, and you know, he's talking about there's only one OU and just talked about how excited he was to be back and. Uh, you know, there somebody, I think it was Nate, Nate Feckin on Twitter posted an interview with him um, when he left the job in t- 2012, just talking about how great Oklahoma is as a program. And mm. I think that just speaks volumes to just his affinity for the University of Oklahoma. And I think that's why so many people have, have received this um, with such glowing, you know, um, glowing remarks about Brent Venables is because it's a mutually embraced situation where it wasn't just handed to a guy he had to like interview for it. He's been away for a while. Um, and he's kind of the guy that everybody wants. So it's, it's exciting. And I don't know what this is going to look like on the football field, but I think a lot of people, myself included, think it's going to look really, really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And uh, yeah, it was even things like, like Holly road couldn't even get Caleb Williams for an interview after one of the games. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, yeah. And that that's going to, in my opinion, that's going to change. Um, that's going to change. And look, he was there for Clemson's, you know, for when Clemson became Clemson, right? Yes. And, yep. and to do that, like there is a certain, you know, to, you had to make a pitch, right? The, the, the little old Clemson thing, but like there was a public part of that where he saw what Dabo's personality did for that program. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to know what he's, you know, if you ever get him in a room by himself and say like what percentage of the actual coaching, uh, you know, Dabo did, but like, in terms of selling a program, I mean, we think that was an excellent coach and that's part of it. I think that that salesmanship, in addition to the good coaching, could rub off. Uh, one more quick word from a sponsor here. and We'll get you out of here, John, after this. Omaha Steaks, they've got a great deal right now going on at their website. Uh, you get like 24 entrees for $99.99. Wow. Four bacon wrap filet mignons, four boneless chicken breasts, four Omaha Steak burgers, four gourmet, uh, gourmet jumbo franks, four individual scalloped potatoes, four caramel apple tartlets, um, one signature jar of seasoning. And also, if you do that right now, you will get eight free steak burgers as well. So extra in there, uh, $99.99. Just use promo code COLLEGE right now at Omaha Steaks. I will be partaking in that deal yeah. uh, myself. Uh, all right. So, John, before I get you out of here, you know, once again, like – not if you want to, I'll, I'll give you a space here. Do you want to grade the hire? Cause I, I don't do it. He could suck like this. It, it could suck. I doubt it. I doubt it. It could suck. This is why like, I'm not grading Steve Sarkeesian yet. Right. Uh, I know it's been an awful season, but like the guy took over last year and clearly there are some cultural issues that are wrong yes. in Texas. And okay. so we should not judge him right now. Dave Aranda two and seven year two, 11 and two. So if you'd like to grade it, go ahead. Um, but this is a part of the podcast where I say patience, patience, patience. You, you got to see what you have. Yeah, no, I think you got to wait several years before you can look back and really grade a hire. This is how I feel about the NFL draft as well. Like you can't really know how good a draft is until at least two to three years into that draft because, I mean, it takes time for these guys to actually make an impact in the NFL. Anybody other than your first round pick is going to be hard pressed to get full snaps to really make an impact in year one. So grading uh, head coaching hires in, in year one will be hard. I will say this just from a, 
look at where we were a week ago right to how we feel now it's an a plus just yes. based on you like, feel much better you feel yes. a lot better yes yes just based on the 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 dire situation the sooners were in last week and where we are now things are so much better i mean the 2020 the 2023 class we're going to have to start from scratch that that recruiting class is pretty much done um, aside from DeAndre Moore, who is committed to the University of Oklahoma, four-star uh, wide receiver, that's a huge commit. The 2022 class is doing better. It's treading water a little bit, even after the loss of Relique Brown. Still a lot of guys that are fully committed. Gavin Sawchuk, offensive lineman, things doing great right now with that 2022 class. I think Brent Venables has a chance to re-solidify that group, um, especially on the defensive side of the football as early signing day and national signing day approach in the next couple months. So overall, just where, where we're at right now, day after the hire, Brent Venables gets an, and Joe Castiglione really get an A plus for this. I think it's the best thing for the program right now. We'll see how it turns out, how, and we'll grade it again, you know, two years down the road to see how it all is shaping up. But um, from a heading into the SEC perspective, finding an Oklahoma guy that's going to be loyal to the program, just reinserting some energy into the program, A+. plus. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on the NFL draft stuff. Like, hey, uh, Michael Parsons, awesome. You know, and it, it could go – but it could go south next year, right? It could go yep. sophomore slump. He could get hurt a bunch and be some guy who's got a chronic foot injury the rest of his career, right? This is why these things need you – know, we always got to be more patient. I know there's so much instant gratification involved right now. And mm-hmm. the early signing period, I think, is fed into that narrative, yeah. right? And that's why it's – that's a whole other can of worms. They're, they're going to actually probably have to get rid of the early signing period, in I my opinion, because the way it's going to affect current coaching. Right. Um, I mean, SMU mailed it in for like a month, <laughs> the last month of the season. Even while they were competing for an AC, you know, a champion, yeah. a spot in the AAC title game. I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it was, it's bad. And like, it, it, you know, and once, you know, I like the kids have a chance to sign early. It's good. Yeah. But like, they should just open it. Honestly, they just open it up to be, you know, to be totally frank. But, but, um, that, that being said, yeah, I mean, I think considering the circumstances and the kind of coach they had, because I, I think Lincoln Riley to USC is a home run for them. That puts OU in a tough spot, but you have to trust Joe Castiglione. Like, that guy mm-hmm. is a smooth operator, he's been a good athletic director. So I think Oklahoma fans have the right to feel much better. Once again, we'll grade it later, but yeah, A plus if you're an Oklahoma fan in the way you're feeling and how you feel. Much more yeah. relaxed, much more calm today. Um, what's coming up in your podcast? I'll let you plug some stuff before we get out of here. Yeah, we'll continue to talk about this hire, what it means for the 2022 recruiting class, 2023 as well. Uh, just we'll get an indication of kind of how he's going to shape his staff up. We'll be on the lookout for that as well. Um, just a lot of great vibes coming from Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners. So, And for now that football season's over, although we have the Alamo Bowl, we'll start digging into Porter Mosier and the men's basketball team as well. Big 12 hoops, the best in the country. All right, John, appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you, Josh.